This episode of Craft Sanity is sponsored by Missy Kulik. Missy makes comics, zines, and other handmade goodies. Check out her website at missykulik.com. That's M-I-S-S-K-U-L-I-K.com. And shop Sugar Cookie at sugarcookie.etsy.com. And check out her blog at ranchococo.blogspot.com. This episode is also sponsored by Button Tree Lane in Canberra, Australia. Using unique Australian screen-printed fabrics and cute Japanese prints, Button Tree Lane makes quilted pouches perfect for crafters, knitters, and crocheters. And Woodland-inspired needlebooks to ensure that you'll never lose your sewing needles again. Shop ButtonTreeLane.etsy.com and visit ButtonTreeLane.blogspot.com. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to episode 101 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. Today my guest is Justine Telfor. She is the editor and publisher of Mixtape, a lovely zine made in Melbourne, Australia. And in case you're wondering, a zine is a self-published publication that, in the case of Mixtape, includes just articles about crafting and profiles. There's even music reviews and reviews of other zines, book reviews, uh, it all has a craft focus for the most part, though. You may have heard of it. It's uh, gotten quite a bit of attention on the web. I've been very fortunate to be able to get to read it and kind of follow what Justine has been doing. It's gone from being pretty small with very limited color to completely full color, professionally printed. It used to be something that was really handmade. They are printing every issue on a printer at home. And it's really interesting to see how at a time when print publications are really struggling that Justine has been able to continue to grow her zine mixtape. And be sure to pay attention to the very end of the interview because Justine is kindly offered to do a giveaway and you can get the details of what you need to do to enter that contest at the very end of the show. So, okay, let's get to it, folks. First of all, Justine, I just want to say what a pleasure it is to have you on Craft Sanity because I have been really admiring the work that you're doing over at Mixtape. It's just so impressive to see how this little zine has grown so much. And has it been about two years now? Yeah, actually, um, um, we're two in August, so it'll be two years since our first issue came out. But um, we sort of started talking about it in about... Oh, March in 2007, and it took that long to get the issue out. So, yeah, we're two. Yay! Yeah, well, happy early birthday to Mixtape. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what I'd like to do is give people the backstory uh, of who this Justine woman is that I'm talking to right now and kind of move forward to Mixtape, and then you can talk a little bit about, you know, just that whole experience of putting this zine together. Do you have a background in publishing and writing? Oh, no. Okay, my background... Um, I started working for record companies when I was about 18, um, so my background is marketing and sales. My husband's the graphic designer, so that's why Mixtape looks so good. Um, but, yeah, I've just basically sold. I was a saleswoman for, well, I'm 36 now, so how long? 20 years I've been selling. But with the, with the craft, um, that sort of – I did home ec and um, sort of, you know, art in high school, but – 
So I've never really continued it on because I wanted to work and earn some money. So the sewing part for me only came back sort of in my mid to late 20s when I met my husband's, my mother-in-law, and she's a sewer. So that's sort of how the craft part came into to action. And they've all sort of just merged together. You know, the sales, the pop culture, the sewing, everything's merged together. Yeah, mixtape is definitely a representation of you know, all of those things. So that's really great. And you probably never imagined that you would be making a magazine. No, you know, I, um, I actually resigned from uh, working for a really big record company when I, just before I turned 30, because I wanted to simplify my life. I wanted to get pregnant. Um, so have time for doing all the things that we don't have time for when we're working, you know, 40, 40, 50 hours a week. So, Mm -hmm. um, it took me a couple of years to get pregnant, but, um, And then when I had Molly, um, that's when I got into the sort of the craft, the online blogging scene. And so that was 2004, 2005. And that's when I met Nicola, who I started the zine with. Um, It was actually her idea to start a a craft eco-zine because we were both big fans of croc. Sort of knew there was nothing like that here in Australia. So, so yeah, Nicola wanted to do the eco-crafty part. And I went, yeah, yeah, you know. I'll get on board, I'll help you out, I'll do the, you know, the craft and the pop culture and the, you know, music, we could sort of merge it all together, you know, it'd be really cool. Um, and that's how it, how it all started out. Um, Nicola and I are very similar yet very different and I think that's how it sort of, we merged it all together and that's why it worked. Now, how did you know each other? We met online. Oh, we okay. met online, yeah. So I met when I started, you know, checking out all the blogs and whatnot, I really liked her blog. I thought, oh, she's, you know, just an everyday girl doing, you know, loving her family and, you know, keeping things simple. And so I contacted her actually and we worked, We found out that we lived like literally 10-minute walk away from each other. Oh, wow. How wonderful is that? That's so cool. And like so that was like, you know, I've seen her kids grow up now. So, you know, we've been friends for four or five years now. And so it sounds yeah. like at some point, though, you've kind of taken over and has she just gone another direction then? Yeah, look, she's really busy. Um, she does some work for Birda Style and, um, you know, she's got her fingers in a lot of pies and I am i wouldn't want to work with me. I'm quite obsessive and, you know, <laughs> I was very obsessive. But I think you have to be to get these sort of things done. So mixtape for me is, was 20, is 24-7 you know, thinking about it all the time. My husband does all the design work. So, you know, that's just, you know, that's so many hours worth of stuff. And we never started mixtape thinking, Ooh, you know, we're going to make lots of money and we're going to, you know, sell this, this amount. But it got to the point, yeah, well, we thought we'd only sell a hundred copies of each issue. And it's, you know, I think eight, 900 copies we were selling of, of back issues and I was printing them all from home. So it was becoming more than a just a little hobby, you know, <laughs> print off 100 and, and send them out. It was really time-consuming. And so Nick and I um, were going in different directions, basically. She wanted something different out of it. I wanted to keep it evolving, see where it could go. And so we were very grown up about it and we, we, we decided to part ways. And, and it was sad, um, but we've managed to maintain our friendship, which was the most important thing. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So that, yeah. Especially when you live 10 minute walk from somebody. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> so that's great. So you've been able to continue to do this. Have you had two issues now that are full color? Two, yep. Yeah. Um, so Nick and I split at the beginning of the year and so she'd done half of issue eight with me so uh yeah so issue eight and nine 
which is out now, they're the first two professionally full-colour um, printed ones we've got. And then we've got one out due out in September. And then in November, we are relaunching Mixtape, and it's going to be square in size. Oh, really? And so that's like, this is, you know, that's my, you know, if that's where Mixtape ends, I would, you know, I've all my goals, you know, all my dreams have come true. It's going to be beautiful. Well, that's excellent. There's a lot of people, including myself, who've had dreams of having a little zine. Any advice for people or I don't know if you want to share that story of how this zine came to be? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. As again, like I said, you know, Heather from Croc was major inspiration. I'm a big fan of Bust magazine as well. Like, you know, that just opened up a whole new world to me. I, I found that there were creative, intelligent, um, tattooed women, you know, all around the world, like finally felt connected, you know, that crafting wasn't daggy. So anyway, so Bust and Croc were major, major inspirations behind um, mixtape. And um, I think the fact that my husband's a designer too, it looks good. You know, that's a big, a big uh, plus for it as well. But um, basically, and I've said this in a few interviews, We've just followed our heart. We've just literally brought the the online blogging community into a hard copy form. And the fact that there was no business plan or no – we kind of just sort of put one foot in front of the other and and mixtape was born and just continues to evolve. So any advice, my advice to people would be is just follow your, follow your dream. And the fact that I'm a stay at home mum and I've had time to do this, if I was working full time or, or was doing mixtape for the money, I don't think it would be where it is today because it just happens with a lot of love and people donate their time. People write for, for free, you know, they get, um, obviously get benefits from it like they get exposure and but people do don't do it for any money so I think that's why we've been able to do it Mm -hmm. and I kind of don't um clock up my hours or whatever because I think if I did I'd have a nervous breakdown of how much (laughs) effort goes into doing this you know and um I joke about it but you know but by the end of every issue before it goes to the printer, you know, Simon and I, that's my husband, are like at each other's throats, you know, a lot of blood, sweat and tear, tears <laughs> going into, into making an issue, let me tell you. And so yeah. so for that first issue, I, now I can't remember, did you have advertising in the first issue? Yeah, I did, you know, again, I'll bring it back to Croc, you know, I sort of so I was always the business part of it, you know, the sort of organising side of it. Nick was very much into getting people to write for us. And so I always did the behind the scenes things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we had a couple of ads in the first issue and it was more like just a little bit of pocket money to help with the photocopying or however we did it, you know, it just seemed so long ago. So, yeah, we've always had a um, advertising in it to help out the the little indie, you know, Etsy store sellers or mm-hmm. – yeah, so I based it from Croc, and Croc had ads. So, yes, we did have ads, yeah. but they're just getting more – like my philosophy is 10 pages of advertising and 48, you know, pages in total. And the advertising in in the real uh, sort of printing industry, I think the advertising is meant to pay for the print job. Well, that's not how it works for mixtape, but 10 pages is enough to get everyone's ad to stand out. Right. You know, in the right. scene, Yeah. Otherwise, there's so many ads that nothing stands out. 
Absolutely. You know, you know those magazines, I won't name any because I don't want to get in trouble, but, you know, the first 10 pages are, are advertising in, before you get to the contents page. Right, and so most you know, I had some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't even look at them anymore. And I had a girl email me a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I'm going to put this um, comment in the, in the next issue. And she just said, I actually went to every ad that you had and checked out their websites because it wasn't intrusive, you know, and I, I love that. That's quite a compliment. And I know that's, but financially it makes it a little more challenging. But as you said, you're not in this to make gobs of money. Um, otherwise, you probably would have gotten out by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't they say, well, they do, in Australia they say, you know, the first two years in business, you've got to be prepared to, to take a loss. And that's pretty much what's happened. But it's got to the point now, you know, we print 1,500. So we do one print run and we print 1,500. And I've done a few trade shows around Australia this year. And um, it's got to the point now where, yeah, I'm going to have to start making some sort of money from it to be able to pay my bills, basically. Right, right. Um, so with – and that's how the relaunch is, going, is happening is that – so the issue in November will be square in size, bigger, a little bit more expensive, and the advertising's gone up. But the advertising's gone up because mixtape has evolved so much that we are. We're distributed all around the world. So I've got points to say to people, this is why the advertising's gone up, but it's still really, really cheap, you know. How much is it going to be? Oh, it's going up to $10. Okay, so um, basically when we first came out, we were $4. Then we went up to 6 and then we went up to seven. So it's gone up as, you know, the costs have gone up with the printing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, issue 11 will be $10, but it will stay there. And, and that's the relaunch new look mixtape. Okay. Well, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, I still think, I don't know about you, but I still think $10 for a fully recycled paper, professionally printed job, limited edition. I think $10 is all right, don't you? Oh, I think so. Yeah, I think I think people yeah, I think people will pay $10 and I think that what's really cool is that it's independent, it's crafty, you know, it's right up our alley. I feel really privileged to be able to share the online or you know, crafting art whatever with people that might not have come into contact with the online craft community. I can publish whatever I want. And I think yeah, I feel pretty chuffed about that actually. For people who are interested in advertising, what is your circulation like? Uh, 1500. Okay. So around the world though, it sounds like you're sending copies all over. Yep. Um, Australia and America are the biggest markets, the UK, Canada. I've got a couple of subscribers in Italy. We've got a girl that distributes for us in Japan, anywhere. We'll ship it anywhere. Whoever wants it, we'll send, we'll send it there. That's fantastic. And if someone wants to place an ad, um, I don't know if you're with your pages being square now. I'm not sure what the standard size for your ads are going to be. But um, what what are the advertising rates? Well, I've got um, like a spec sheet that I can send out. But the the smallest ad will start at uh, starts at eighty dollars, and a full page will be about three hundred dollars. Okay. And how often are you publishing with the new on your new um, relaunch? How often will mixtape be coming out? Look, it's it's a quarterly. I've all, even when it was like you know photocopied it back in the beginning, we've always been sort of really strict with trying to get it out every three months. Okay. Um, so it will stay as a quarterly. Look, I'd love to do it bi monthly, but I don't think my marriage would last. <laughs> yeah, please save your marriage. Save your marriage first. <laughs> okay, quarterly, quarterly. I'll stick with quarterly. And I think we did a kids issue late last year. Um, I'm aiming to have a kids issue out sort of middle of next year. So there'll be four to five issues per year. 
I see. Okay, so you're going to – and it's, I can tell that you really love to do this. What is the best part for you? What do you like the most about producing mixtape? Oh, where do I start? I love that I can publish whatever I want to publish. I love that I'm not answerable to anybody. I love how many people I've met on the internet or in real life and the opportunities that it's it's brought to me. Being a stay-at-home mum is really, really rewarding and probably the hardest job I've ever done. But having mixtape on the side has given me sort of my own – I've kept my identity, do you know, and I've um, been able to connect with people and uh, it's kept me employable, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. I'd, I'd love it. Look, I, Jennifer, I think about it 24-7 and I've got to be careful about that, you know, trying to create a bit of balance. The housework doesn't get done. It's just awesome. And But you know what? If it stopped tomorrow, it's okay because I've had such a such a good trip with this, you know? Yeah, well, I, can't, I get what you're saying because I really feel the same way about Craft Sanity. I don't make money off of it, at least not yet, and I think about it constantly. So I understand what you're saying about yeah. it. You come home and you're you know, doing the stay-at-home mom thing. To have these side projects really does kind of give us a sense of, okay, we're still able to contribute in the, in the ways, um, doing things that interest us. You're doing two full-time jobs, I mean, clearly, being a mom and also doing mixtape and then maintaining your marriage at the same time, you know, which can be, I work with my husband on Craft Sanity, so I know a little bit about how that goes, you know, with, when you're both trying to accomplish a goal together. You know, it's, it can be challenging at times. But um, so do you have, you said you have Molly is your daughter? Yes. How old is she? She's four and a half. So she's she starts school next year. Yeah, we'll see if number two comes along sometime soon at home. And she knows. She has, like, her own little computer and she'll just say, I'm just doing my mixtape work, mummy, you know. Like, so she's involved with it all and she helps stamp the envelopes. And, you know, I include her in it. Um yeah, but I, I like what you said before, you know. I, I remember when I um, resigned from the music industry, people were like, oh, my God, you know, you're in your prime. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you know, I am the freest and happiest I've ever been and mm-hmm. the poorest. Um, <laughs> but, you know, my job doesn't define me anymore. That's all I had. You know, I think that's what we do, you know, as we're growing up in our late teens, early, you know, throughout, throughout our 20s. My job defined me. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, that I, happened to me too. Yeah. And how, how freeing is it, you know? Yeah, it's it's a really awkward transition working full-time and then becoming a stay-at-home mum. It was a bit – it was it was scary. But I feel like, yeah, um, I've found a, a nice balance sort of being involved, um, <clears throat> you know, with mixtape, doing mixtape. But being able to be a stay-at-home mum, my mum never got to stay home. She always worked. She worked, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. Um, I really miss that as a young girl. I think the first seven years are so important for our children. So, yeah, I feel really lucky to be able to do both. I think it's wonderful that as women we can choose to do this because, um, you know, the workplace boxed us out for so many years, you know, and the women before us kind of broke down those walls and now – Women have the choice, you know, to be who they want and do what they want. I think it's wonderful. Absolutely. We've got the best of both worlds now. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting back on talking about mixtape a little bit. I mean, I've had the, the benefit of being able to follow you and read mixtape for, I think I got wind of this maybe six months after you started. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. Um, but for those folks who haven't seen a copy of the zine, they can order online and we'll have links and information on the website so they can find you and see and subscribe if they would like to really get their hands on a copy of this colorful and lovely 
publication that will soon be Square, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think makes it all the more appealing. I don't know what it is about Square publications, but can you kind of in a nutshell explain the philosophy behind Mixtape is a collision of eco-cool pop culture kitsch and art and craft. You know, it's just a... <sighs> Nick and I always argued with who came up with the with the mixtape name, but it's you know it's a mixture of creativity. So um, it's not like your traditional craft magazine full of tutorials or whatever. It's a it's a mixture of artist profiles. You know we do have tutorials as well. We have people review CDs, books, zines, and basically issues. Sorry, I'm sort of jumping everywhere. Sorry, it's like a bit late no, at night now. Like- I'm usually in bed at nine thirty or something. I'm such a grandma. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, so issues one to seven you can buy online as downloadable PDFs because I was printing them all from home and it just got to the point where the ink was costing me so much money. I'd printed, you know, a thousand off of all of them and was like, right, it's got to stop somewhere. Not all magazines keep on having their back issues available. Right. Um, and, and that's why, so issue eight, which was our first professionally uh, printed one, so from issue eight they're basically limited editions. So I print 1,500 and once they've gone, they've gone. So I've sold out of issue eight. So issues one to seven you can buy as downloadable PDFs. Issue eight has sold out. Issue nine, I still have a few hundred in stock. And then, you know, issue ten's out. And again, I'll do 1,500. That's it. So we really kind of encourage the subscription that guarantees that we'll keep, you know, we'll keep going. I think that it's really a great mix of all these things. And, you know, for those of us who subscribe, you know, we might have a favorite craft magazine that we know will give us some tutorials or whatever. Of course, those are becoming smaller in number because I know craft isn't printing anymore. And so this is great to have your publication kind of be reflective and give also the bloggers a way to see their names in print, which has to be extremely exciting for them. It's funny you should say that. You know, I um, I used to be obsessed with blogs and stuff. And since mixtape sort of, you know, as it, as it goes on, I haven't had as much time to surf the internet and whatever. So I don't really know as much as I want to know what's going on. I, I don't really have the time for it. But here that craft is, has gone, you know, they're not printing anymore. And I just think, whoa, this is really tripped out. You know, mixtape just c- continues to sell just a nice amount, you know, it just continues to evolve and tick over and I feel really, yeah, really privileged. And I think the reason, I don't know, look, if I had to think about it, I think it, the fact that it's written by crafters and artists, people donate their their writing because they want to be a part of something. And I think it's a really genuine, all-inclusive little zine. It's just made with love and passion and I think that, I, I, well, I hope that's what, when you pick it up, you go, wow, this is a cool little zine. I feel, you know, I hope you feel inspired by it. And you're not going to love every article, but hopefully you love 90% of it. And, yeah, you get a bit of every, you know, bit, bit of something from all of it, you know. Well, I think it's really fun. And I know I, I picked up um, a copy, oh, goodness, I can't remember what which, which issue it was, but I was reading it kind of late at night and – I'm flipping through the pages and I come across an article that was about men sewing. And this um, young man was writing about how we have to encourage men to sew and it shouldn't be the stigma and blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was a great article. And I get to the end of it and I realize the young person who wrote this actually attends a college right by where I live. And I was like, the world world is – because I think it was a Calvin College student who wrote the article. And I thought, wow, this is really a small world. And then I know in the last issue – 
my friend Bev is, you know, wrote about charity crafting. And I was like, I'm very proud. I'm like, all right, Bev. I'm like, I hope to join you in the ranks of um, mixtape, you know, contributors very soon, you know? So, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, this is, and I've been published in a lot of different, I mean, I've been a professional writer for a long time, you know, but yeah. it's, it, and the thing is to me, you know, you feel like you really haven't made it until you've started to contribute to some of these like indie publications, you know, so I think what you're doing is fantastic. And, you know, I hope you continue. I can't wait to see the square version of this. I think it's going to be fantastic. Oh, I tell you, I'm having heart palpitations just thinking about <laughs> it. I feel really bad because I don't want issue um, 10 to feel left, you know, like, push to the side actually issue 10 will you'll start to see the subtle changes like we're changing the font family that we're using and um so we're going to make it a bit slicker a bit more uniformed so you'll see some changes with the next issue which will then you know the final changes will be with issue um 11 so and issue issue 10 comes out when issue 10 i've got planned for um sort of first two weeks of september are you still taking submissions for that one or are you already Nah, they know they uh, about a month ago. I'm pretty strict with with that, and I don't know. Yeah, it's the organizer in me. But um, so I, I've actually handed that all over to Simon now. So I've had everyone's article in, all the images in, all the advertising's in. So it's now with my husband, and he'll he'll design it. So he takes about three weeks to design it, in between working a full time job, and then it will go to the proofer for a week. Then it comes back to us again, and then it goes to the printer. So it takes that long. You know, it takes three months to get the next issue out. It's a really um, cool process, but it's – but you know how you mentioned the, the article about the, the guy who sewed? Mm-hmm. Um, who sews? Yeah, well, I've got a, um, articles coming up. I've got a guy that quilts. He's actually um, the husband of a really good friend of mine, and he quilts, and he works for – the Big Day Out, which is a music festival here in Australia. And he has made this wicked quilt out of all the T-shirt, band T-shirts. Oh, awesome. Yep. So I've got him coming up. He'll be in issue 11. And I've also got a guy that knits who actually is like um, he's like a carpenter or something. So by days, you, you know, he's a real bloke and a real man. But he, <laughs> but he, but he knits. How fantastic is that? It's, I think it's wonderful, and I think it's so great to have examples of real super manly men because the super manly men out there, when you say, hey, why don't, you want to know how to crochet, they're like, oh, I would never do that, you know, and it's just like, why not? You know, there's a lot of other dudes out there doing this, you know. Yep. So I think it's great when those stereotypes can be busted in half, and, <laughs> and you guys do a great job of not just telling a story about art and craft but really getting a diverse number of voices and people from all walks of life in there, and I think that's what readers – really enjoy is getting a chance to hear a story from somebody. And I know for me, it's, you know, living in the States, it's really great to get to enjoy this, you know, publication coming out of Australia that is something that I can't go to my local craft store and buy. It gives me kind of a slice of, of life and a different experience as a reader. But also I'm, I'm actually reading stories contributed by people who are living about 10 miles from where I live, which is really interesting. When I, I was like, no way, you know. So a lot of people, the word is out about mixtape for sure. And that's going to make you feel really proud. Oh, absolutely. You know, here I'm this little Australian girl doing whatever I'm doing. And that's great that it's been people in America want to know about it that's so cool do you think that the zine feels Australian or do you think it's universal because that's I want it to feel universal I think it feels universal 
I just happen to, I get a lot of nice email from people in Australia. So I have a very soft spot in my heart <laughs> for people. I mean, cause they've been, the people in Australia have been very, very encouraging of what I'm trying to do with craft sanity. And so not to say that there, I mean, I've gotten nice email from people in other areas as well, but it seemed like initially I was getting a lot of, you know, the first time you get an email from out of the country, you're like, oh my goodness, people are listening. I do enjoy, though, reading the stories that are about things going on in your country. I do, I do appreciate that. And I think as Americans, we tend to be very self-involved over here just as a nation. You know, and I hope I don't upset every American for, for saying that. But I think <laughs> one of the, one of the re- bad reputations we have in the world is being so focused on ourselves and thinking what we do in America is like the be-all, end-all. What I love about this publication is it kind of gives a more – universal and global view of the art and craft world. And I love that. I think it really is refreshing. And I think that it helps us, um, if more of us American crafters read this, you know, I think we, we really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, it's just really um, fantastic. For people who are listening at home who want to contribute, what is the next issue that they can try to submit an article for? And what are the themes you're looking for? Okay. Well, issue 11, um, the submissions are open until about the 10th of September. And this is the first time it's going to be a theme, and the theme is thinking outside the square. So how does this work for submission? You just send an idea to you? They, if they can email me at um, mixtapezine at gmail.com um, with their interest, and then I send them the submission guidelines, and we go from there. So basically for a page, um, it's 300 words, and for a double page, it's 600 words, and we need high-res images because it's professionally printed. We need 300 DPI. But anyone can contribute. I just I have a backlog of articles now, so I don't say that you'll definitely be in whatever issue but um i yeah i'm absolutely open to getting uh, submissions from anybody if people have a good idea they just send it to you and then um you can tell them whether or not it fits with what you're doing i mean do you tell people no or before they write something Pretty much everything that's been sent in has, has been published. I have a backlog of, like, maybe you won't be in the next issue, like as in, say, if someone sent something in, they might not get in the next issue, but they're guaranteed to get in the next sort of one, you know, two or three issues. So I haven't rejected anybody. It sounds like that you're a pretty welcoming option for people. Absolutely. It's it's for the it's for everybody. We're not, you know, and even if they don't get into the zine, I would more than likely do a profile on them or they could do a post on the blog. Now, do you have time to do any writing yourself? Uh, yeah, look, someone asked me that the other day. I'm not the best writer either. My grammar's appalling, but um, I actually write like I speak, which is a worry. Um, <laughs> so, no, you know, <laughs> between... Um, I, I write the blog and I used to have a personal blog, but I kind of was juggling too many things. So I write the blog. I apply to every email. I, you know, I look after the database. You know, I, I book the advertising. So no, I don't write for the zine. I leave that to, um, I spread the love around. <laughs> if there's a particular story that you want done or someone that you want interviewed, do you assign that to some? So, like, I don't know if you have a core group of writers that you call upon, or uh, yeah, how, do, how do you handle that situation? Yeah, I do actually now. Again, it's just evolved naturally. But I have about six girls that write pretty much for every issue. Mm-hmm. And again, through doing mixtape, I've met some amazing women, and one of them is uh, Gemma Jones, who's a 
an artist in her own right and she's a curator at the best gallery here in Melbourne called Outre and she does a lot of the pop culture stuff for me and then I've got my friend Simone Howell who's actually a professional writer um, and so she's doing um, interviewing writers for me and reviewing lots of books and um, you know, I've got a girl, a friend that moved to Seattle at the beginning of the year so she writes every issue about her moving from Melbourne to Seattle and yeah I've got I've got uh, you know, Liesl does all the eco stuff for me. Yeah, so there's a there's you know a handful of girls that are in pretty much in every issue, and um, we just go from there. But yeah, I'm op- as I said, I'm open to suggestions and for people sending in stuff for sure. That's awesome. Do you think you'll get to a point where you'll have a paid staff, or do you want to keep it kind of small? Oh, look, I um, try now um, because I've started to get like, you know, samples from book companies and stuff. So if I think it's um, the book will go to one of my writers, like they'll like it, I'm sending. So I'm trying to give them that sort of stuff. And absolutely, I'd love to have, you know, to get to the point. Well, actually, I hope I'm nearly there that I can pay, again, that handful of contributors. They can rely that they're going to get some money every, every three months. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to be able to pay. I'd love to be able to pay myself, and I'd love to be able to pay my contributors. Just the core, core people. Absolutely. Yeah, that are, yeah. are doing the bulk of the work. Yeah, that's great. Well, I think it's. I mean, you're on your way. I love the fact you're doing this out of your house for the most part. It's it's really inspiring to see that you're able to make a go of it at a time when the economy is really quite sluggish. You know, I think it's really a good sign also to other folks at home who have these big ideas and dreams that they want to pursue. Can I do a giveaway too, like with the listeners? I'm oh my happy gosh, to give... I would love that. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you want to do? Oh, we'll give. I'll give five away. I don't. It doesn't matter where you live. Oh wow, um, that's so nice. Thank I don't you. know what if you have questions or whatever. Yeah. They what need... should we ask people? What do you want to ask people? My standard one is how do you make time for the small things? Yeah. Well, that and, makes and... sense because that's your your sort of your whole catchphrase. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that's what I want to know, how they make time for the small things and why they want a copy of, of Mixtape. And um, you just let me know who wins and I'll send them out from here. That's Fantastic. fine. Fantastic. Well, that's great. Well, so the folks at home have something to look forward to. That's wonderful. Cool. Okay. All right. Thanks All right. a lot. Okay. Talk See to you soon. Jennifer. Bye. Bye. A special thanks to Justine for being such a great guest and sharing her story and telling us about the evolution of the zine Mixtape. We really appreciate that. So head over to craftsanity.com where I will have links to mixtape and all the stuff that Justine's doing on the web. You can also then enter to win a copy of mixtape and Justine is going to, she's willing to mail them anywhere in the world. So feel free to enter no matter where you are and tell us how you make time for the small things. Let's make the deadline to enter that contest August 2nd. So head over there and tell us how you make time for the small things. And hopefully you'll end up reading a copy of Mixtape very soon. And I'll put links in there. So if you want to get involved, either by subscribing or if you want to contribute an article yourself, it's a great-looking publication. It would be really fun to have a piece in here. In fact, you know, after being in journalism for well over a decade, I am thinking that I want to be in Mixtape. And I want to thank our sponsors once again for supporting this episode of Craft Sanity. I really, it really is great to have sponsor support. So a special thanks goes out to Missy Kulik. Missy makes comics, zines, and other handmade goodies. You can find her website at missykulik.com and shop Sugar Cookie at sugarcookie.etsy.com. 
and you can read the blog at ranchococo.blogspot.com. And I also want to thank Button Tree Lane in Canberra, Australia, where the Australian screen-printed fabrics and cute Japanese prints are transformed into lovely quilted pouches, perfect for crafters, knitters, and crocheters. And woodland-inspired needlebooks are made to ensure that you'll never lose your sewing needles again. Shop buttontreelane.etsy.com and visit buttontreelane.blogspot.com. Thanks again to the sponsors. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to become a sponsor of an upcoming episode of Craft Sanity, click on the sponsors link in the upper left corner over at craftsanity.com, and you can get some information there about what you need to do. If you want to stick around for the after show, I have a couple things that I will mention. And then I will get cracking on the next episode of Craft Sanity. I have a couple fun interviews coming up that I've already recorded and have in the hopper. So we're good to go there. There's a little more international flavor. We're going to finally have another knitting podcast. It's been a long time since I have done anything about knitting. And so I thought we were due. And so we have a really cool person to feature. So stay tuned for that. I'll be back soon. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Okay, so I am I've been very very busy lately. Unfortunately, there hasn't been a lot on the blog to show for it, but I've been doing some freelance articles. I spent part of last week putting eyeballs and faces onto fruits and vegetables um, <laughs> for a story that I'm working on for the press, a food story. So that was that was fun. It took a whole lot of time, and the photo shoot was a little unnerving. I just about lost my marbles during the photo shoot, trying to take my own pictures and keep my girls entertained. So that was a little challenging, but we got through it. Now I want to like put faces on all kinds of food because a little tip: it works great for getting your kids to eat fruit and vegetables because. It's, you know, it's somehow the food becomes so much more fun when the kids get to, like, make an ant out of grapes or, you know, put a face on the pear. So it's really kind of cool. But my kids are pretty good eaters, so that wasn't a huge issue before. But I thought I'd let you guys know, for the moms at home, moms and dads, if you guys want a clever way to get the kids to eat their fruits and vegetables, try to put a face on it. But anyway, I'll link to that story soon so you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. I'm also preparing a piece to be displayed in a fashion show here in Grand Rapids on August 8th. The UICA is having a recycled runway event. So I'm fumbling around with all kinds of ridiculous materials. I'm trying to make a dress and, like, some aprons. And the apron shouldn't be a big problem. The dress, um, that might be more of a problem. (laughs) So wish me luck, uh... You know, I hopefully I'll, I'll post some pictures once um, I get everything completed. You know, after the show, we'll have some clips. I have to find a model to wear the clothes because I kind of have a little bit of a phobia of going on stage as a model because I am like the opposite. There's like model, and I'm like the absolute opposite of model. <laughs> I mean, I and I am afraid that I would fall down. So this could really shape up to be. <laughs> quite a spectacle. So anyway, I'm going to try to do my best to uh, hang with these other more experienced uh, designers and art students and see what I can come up with. So yeah, stay tuned for that. I'm sure I'll have a story or two to share with you after this event. And hopefully I don't break my leg. Oh, and this week is going to be pretty exciting because my friend Bev Lang is coming into town. She's flying in from Australia. And 
she is my partner in crime uh, with the Posted Stitches website that we started that about a year ago where we have a monthly art quilt challenge that was going strong for like six months and then kind of, you know, slowed down very dramatically and um, we just got really busy with other projects. So we're looking to get that going again and kind of regroup. And the most exciting part though is we're going to, for the first time ever, get to see all the quilts together. Um, because what we were doing is we would send each other a package uh, every month where I would send her a package of fabric and trims and buttons and so forth, and she send, she would send one to me, and then the challenge, we'd have a theme, and we would have the month to make a quilt that would you know go with the theme, and, but we had to use the materials that we sent each other. So you were allowed to incorporate other things, but the bulk of the quilt had to be made with what was in your package. And so... We both have had the experience where we open the package and are like, oh, my word, what am I going to make out of this? But uh, the one month that we didn't exchange supplies, the funny thing was that that was the month I had the hardest time selecting fabric. So, yeah, go figure. Anyway, I will update you on that, and we're going to actually record a podcast about just the experience of having this website and, you know, basically having a friendship develop long distance. I mean, she's halfway around the world, and, you know, we've become pretty good friends, just it's been really fun to challenge each other not just with this project we worked on together but we've both made dramatic changes in our lives in the last year so it will be really fun to get together and have a discussion so stay tuned for that bev will be a guest on the show very soon but next week i'm going to just focus on making as much art as possible and uh getting trying to get my fashion piece done and all that good stuff. And yeah, and I'm going to have some other interesting news to share soon. So yeah, I think it's I'm still adjusting to working from home and it's wonderful and challenging all at the same time because I, I mean, I'm loving the time that I'm getting to spend with my daughters and but also struggling at times too to um, just get everything done, you know, and kind of divide myself. I haven't put real great barriers between the family, the, like the work time and mama time so I'm kind of working all the time so I have to work on that but that's one of the challenges of making this transition so but I have no regrets I'm really thinking that this is something that is just the best arrangement for me so okay I guess this means I have to go clean up the house now so Bev doesn't trip and fall (laughs) into a pile of my craft supplies in the interest of her safety and mine I will go and clean the house Man, I do not like cleaning.